Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. With me today is the person who's actually going to be doing the rest of this episode. Uh, it, it's Rob. Hello, uh, I'm, I'm Rob, and I will be eating your brains tonight. Yeah, you'll be pooping really weird as well. Well, you know, I gotta, gotta get the bits of skull out before you, uh, you go for the brain. Yeah, this is a a, a three-page profile on a character who had uh, two appearances at this point. Because yeah. this is Update 89, and Venom is the new hotness. It would have been around the time when Lather Protectors would have been coming out Not pretty yet. soon afterwards, Not right? Yet. Well, I mean, this, we aren't even into the Eric Larson era of Amazing Spider-Man yet here. Oh, no, we're not. So yeah, we're, Lethal Protectors are ways off. That doesn't come until... And that's after... Uh, yeah, I mean, the big Venom story with Larson is the one where he leaves him on the island. Oh, yeah! And after that comes Carnage, and then comes the story where Spider-Man and Venom have a truce, and Venom moves out to San Francisco, and then you get Lethal. Okay. This doesn't even have uh, Death Trap and The Vault. Yeah, um, yeah, Rob, uh, wrote the last, uh, entry on Venom during King and Black. Uh, the King and Black. Wait, was it? Yeah, it King was the Black King, King Black Handbook, and I had done the one in the handbooks prior to that. I, I would say that I there are very few people on Earth who know more about Venom than I do. I'm a Venomologist. Yeah, uh, which some some would say maybe is is a good title to have. I don't know. Uh, Venomologist or Venomonomist. Venom Venomonomist sounds a lot better. So yeah, I, I will say this is a, a really nice, uh, I believe that is Eric Larson uh, doing the main image art for this. Yes, Eric Larson. Very nice, uh, very nice Venom there. Uh, you'll note this is when he still had the big teeth, but he did not yet have the tongue. I feel like the tongue is like so iconic at this point. That is a later edition. And well, in fact, in the, uh, uh, sometimes when Todd McFarlane's drawing, he just has like normal sized teeth. Ooh, I don't like that. I don't like I I don't like that. Just got uh, just got those uh, Colgate whites, but no. Uh, Larson introduced the tongue later on, and then it became his thing. Oh yeah, it's pretty iconic. Like I feel I feel like a lot of people put like the little touches on it, mm. and that that become like uh, like a part of Venom forever afterwards. Like I don't know, Venom Venom is definitely one of those characters that like changed in appearance, but like is like I don't know, like unmistakable. Yes. When you see them, and mm. that's that's always nice. Also, also, I, I don't know if this is going to happen a lot in the future, but it's always fun having like Venom show up because it's they always have that issue where Venom gets off of whoever's the host and goes onto a bunch of other heroes or villains, and you get to mm. see how they look with Venom on it yeah. and how their powers work with it. I really liked it during the um, Guardians of the Galaxy when he was with Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, yeah. and we got. Um, um, Venom Groot. Yes. Who said, we are Venom, of course, because, uh, and yeah, it looked like a giant, like, Venus flytrap. It was really cool. I really like that design. <laughs> Although I didn't like the design of Venom at that time, because he was a space knight thing. Um, 
But yeah, you go ahead. All right. So real name, Edward Eddie Brock. Occupation, former journalist for the Daily Globe, now currently unemployed and almost consistently unemployed. Venom is almost always like a hobo. There was a brief bit uh, shortly before the, uh, the Kate's Stegman run where he was working as a journalist, again, under an assumed name. But generally, he's basically a hobo. Uh, identity, known to legal authorities, uh, legal status citizen of the United States with a criminal record, uh, that criminal just for Venom-related activities, which he was later pardoned for. Uh, no other aliases, although he has since been uh, both anti-venom and toxin, uh, amongst other things. Uh, place of birth: New York City, New York. Marital status: single. Uh, we know now. We now know that it is divorced, as he would be given a an ex-wife in the uh, in Amazing Spider-Man 375 by uh, David Michelinie and Mark Bagley. That's the one where he makes the truce with Spider-Man. Uh, and of course, he also now has a son. Uh, Dylan Brock conceived via weird venom stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Dylan Bolton. He's technically venom, but also Eddie is all of the venom. Yeah, he's a he's he's the son of a thruple. Yeah, he's also I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna get too much into modern uh, the the very newest uh, venom who who is writing. Um, it's it's, right it's Ram V and Al Ewing. Yeah, Al, yeah. It's uh, I'm liking what it is so far, mm-hmm. uh, by quite a bit. Um, because also, did Dylan like rapidly age? They spent some time uh, in on another Earth where more time passed. Oh, oh, I when remember. I yes. remember. Yeah, because you had the um the anti venom armor, right? Uh, which was the who was in the suit? That was a, an alternate version of his wife. From that uh, Earth. Yeah. 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 The anti-venom armor looks really cool. Mm-hmm. I really like a lot of the designs uh, that Cates uh, and um, Stegman brought in. Uh, group affiliation? Uh, none. Later, he would be a member of both the Sinister Six, very briefly, and uh, the Savage Six, uh, when he was Toxin. Uh, base of operations? New York City. Uh, still, and sometimes New York City, sometimes it's out of space. Sometimes it's a lost city beneath San Francisco. This guy gets around. Uh, first appearance, the costume, of course, appears in Secret Wars number eight. Although that's only kind of true. Because that's where it first appears chronologically. But the issue of Amazing Spider-Man, where it first appears, I believe Amazing Spider-Man 252, appears first. Or that, that hit stands first. Because what people forget about Secret Wars, I mean, because a lot of readers now weren't alive or weren't reading comics in the mid-80s when it came out, is that it was coming out monthly, but the like everybody went away in one issue of their book, and then they came back in the next book, and the, and you had to read Secret Wars to find out what had happened to change things. Yeah. So you didn't know like why the Hulk had a crutch, or why the Thing wasn't a member of the Fantastic Four anymore, or why Spider-Man had this black costume. Yeah. And wh- so, um, from... I don't know if you have exact knowledge of this. Was it planned from like the beginning that the black suit, uh, black suit was going to be a s- alien symbiote? Or yes, was I it believe. Just like- I believe oh. so. Yes. Okay. Because he's not. He doesn't wear the actual alien costume for that long. Pretty suit, but because people liked it so much, he switches to a cloth version. Well, it is a cool suit. Oh yeah. So I, I would keep it. Mm-hmm. Proud. And so okay. He, and so he so he appears behind the scenes. In Web of Spider-Man number 18. Now they they were kind of setting up Venom for a little bit. So in Web of Spider-Man 18, Peter Parker is just like 
on, you know, he's like waiting for a subway or something, and somebody tries to push him on the tracks. Somebody who his spider sense doesn't register. And then a couple issues later, after that, in Web of Spider-Man 24, he's in Atlantic City, and he's crawling up the building, and someone just like grabs his ankle, and he, you know, he doesn't investigate further. But those are like, you know, those issues of Web of Spider-Man net you a couple extra bucks because they feature Venom's forearm. Oh yeah, which I, is which is obviously the part that you want the most of Venom. Well, it was before, before you had you know, so it was new and exciting, and also they hadn't quite figured out what Venom was going to be yet because the original pitch for Venom was rejected. Originally, okay. Venom was going to be a woman who um, suffered a miscarriage due to the stress of witnessing one of Spider-Man's fights. Ooh. However, the uh, I be- one of the editors did not believe that. A woman could be a physically intimidating villain for Spider-Man. Oh, okay, mm, okay, okay. I and so okay. they went with the extremely beefy Eddie Brock instead, who's a little too beefy for a uh, for a, a reporter. Well, he really started working it. Well, I mean, I guess anyone could be beefy, but you know, I don't imagine most like reporters being like you know bodybuilders right. most of the time. And uh, and of note, a lot of adaptations like Peter Parker knows Eddie Brock. Prior to him becoming Venom, or he'll turn up like episodes before Venom shows up. That's not what happened in the comics. He just turns up and he's Eddie Brock, and Spider Man's all, "Oh, hey, it's Eddie Brock, that reporter I've heard of." But he didn't make it, any previous appearances. I guess it makes it a little bit more um, plausible. I don't know what the right word is. Um, makes it a little bit more believable that, like, instead of him being like, "Oh, it's that one guy I know that you never seen in the comics before," right? Because like that. That tends to reek of, like, uh, retcon. Yeah. Where they didn't do any setup mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. I mean, so, like, oh. yeah, I mean, he doesn't know Peter Parker, and Peter Parker doesn't know him. He's just, oh, I've heard of that guy. He's going to get fired after he wrote that fake Sin Eater story. But, but, wait, but, the, the Sin Eater... Wait, but wasn't this... Okay. Okay, so... I the, don't know much about Sin Eater, so... Oh, okay. Well, uh, didn't, did he not come up uh, quite some time ago? Uh, I mean, this would have been a long time ago. I don't. I think it was in like the deluxe I, edition in the S's. I, I would have been like I fifteen years ago. I don't remember. That's a thing. Yeah. So, um, and the the deluxe editions had a lot of C appendix. I think uh, he characters. had a full entry. Um, maybe maybe I just completely forgot about him. That's entirely possible. I mean, he is just like a guy in a ski mask with a shotgun. Yeah. And his first actual appearance when he. Appears on like the last page of the issue, Frightening Mary Jane is Amazing Spider Man 299, and then he gets his full origin in Amazing Spider Man 300. Okay. All right, so our uh, our backstory you know, Spider Man went to Battle World, uh, did, a, did a big 12 issue long toy commercial, and his, uh, his costume got all messed up. And, uh, you know, Thor, you know, they were all in like this, this cobbled together base, and Thor was all, oh, Spider Man, I doth put just a. Uh, Uses that costume-making machine over yonder. And then Spider-Man, oh, stuck his hand in the wrong machine and got the alien dispensing machine. And Well, I mean, I do that all the time. Oh, sure. You know, uh, you know I'm, I'm trying to get a Coke. I kind of stick my hand in there to get it stuck. And uh, then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm possessed by alien goop. But yeah, it, uh, it uh, created a new costume for it. And it was uh, based on the one uh, worn by the then-current Spider-Woman, Julia Carpenter, who Spider-Man... Uh, whose costume Spider-Man liked. And now, of course, we know that it's actually connected to the ancient symbiote god Null, who, which means the Spider-Woman thing was just kind of a Well, I mean, there's a, there's like a, you know, sometimes people think of things at the same time. Oh, sure. 
Um, but um, there has to be like a what if story where like what if someone else got the symbiote? Oh, there are zillions um, in Secret Wars. Of those. Like, there's a whole Deadpool yeah. miniseries about it. Oh yeah, oh, I'm remembering that. But like, I was thinking of like the um, like official like uh, what if the uh, like volume two maybe or something. Oh yeah, like that. I'm, I can't think of the, if there are any other that is specifically got it during Secret Wars. I know one of the big uh, '80s uh, what ifs was what if the Punisher had the Venom symbiote because it's got like the Venom symbiote with the skull symbol. Oh, I remember reading that. Yeah, that was one. yeah, yeah. It's just like because like. I feel like that's uh, that is like a nexus point in like Marvel history. Like oh, sure. they could have very easily thought, "Hey, what if someone else had a cool black black and white suit?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, web, you know, Spider's pretty happy with his suit. You know, it, uh, you know, he could uh, turn it into any kind of clothing. He like put stuff in it. Um, it had his own web shooters and it made its own webbing. It was also black, so it was very slimming. Yeah, could uh, you know? Maybe, she doesn't really need it. Maybe it's kind of a twin. You know, he could eat the odd extra wheat cake and it wouldn't really show up. So yeah, he, uh, he got back to Earth and, uh, you know, and it turns out the costume was kind of weird. In fact, it would, like, possess him during the night and take him out for joy rides. So uh, later on, he fought, uh, fought everybody's favorite villain, uh, the Puma. Uh, another yeah. episode that I guested on a zillion years ago. Uh, you know, uh, Puma Man, almost, he, uh, he flies like a moron. It's almost like I put you on a lot of the, the Spider-Man yes. uh, episodes for some reason. I don't know why. So the puma could, you know, he's got super sense, and he's all, "Oh yeah, Spider Man, what's what's with those webs? They're they're organic. This is gross. They're in my fur." Hick. So uh, he went to uh, he went to our pal Reed Richards, and uh, Reed Richards took a look at him and uh, found out, "Oh uh, yeah, no, this is alive, and it's trying to uh, become part of you. You should probably take it off." So he uh, he shot it with a sonic blaster and put it in a cell, and it eventually got out, uh, bought it itself to Spider Man, and. So Spider-Man had to take him up to a take himself up to a bell tower, where a bunch of bells were pealing the Our Lady of Saints Church, and that the the sonic intensity of that knocked it off him, and it seemingly died. Wait, 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 wait! Well, I have a sound. I have a sound effect. Or or did it? <laughs> uh, in, okay. In fact, in that in the church below. Uh, Eddie Brock was uh, was praying. He was a, he was a devout Catholic, and he was uh, he was contemplating suicide because he was a successful uh, journalist for the Daily Globe and uh, wrote a series of articles about these Sin Eater murders. The Sin Eater was a uh, was a religious fanatic who dressed in like a ski mask and in a, a sweatsuit and shot people he perceived to be sinners with a shotgun. And so this guy. You know, came to Brock and he said, "You know, I'm, you know, I'm the Sin Eater. I'm, you know, totally nuts." And he knew things about the Sin Eater that nobody else should know. So Brock said, "You know, had these, you know, huge sensation articles. You know, the Sin Eater revealed." And this guy, you know, they arrested this guy, Emil Gregg. And then more Sin Eater murders started happening, and it turned out he wasn't the Sin Eater. He was a guy who lived next to the Sin Eater and had just sort of absorbed his rent, his insane ramblings over the years. So Brock was totally disgraced. And he blamed Spider-Man, who, had, who ended up catching the real Sin Eater, uh, a guy named Stan Carter. So yeah, he was, uh, you know, he was fired from the Globe. He was forced to write venomous drivel for uh, for like scandal sheets, and he, he blamed Spider-Man. So you know, he, he started working out a lot. He started getting super crazy, and yeah, he's thinking about suicide. Uh, this alien goop drops on him, and they, you know, they they realize they have something in common. They both super hate Spider-Man, and so he became Venom. 
uh, naming himself as such because of the venom that he had been forced to write. It's very, it's a real stretch, but it's a cool name. I'm, I'm going to just say, like, it, it could have been one of, like, maybe 70 people in New York at the time to get the uh, symbiote dropped on them, and they bond together because they hate Spider-Man. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> hate Spider-Man. I mean, you know, he gets really bad press. Like, uh, wait, I don't know if the timing on this is right. It could have been Betty. Betty Brant. Uh, I think this Could, is... If, is the timing right on that? This is shortly... She was kind of loopy at the time, because this is shortly after her husband had been killed for being uh, the Hobgoblin, except he was only kind of the Hobgoblin. And also he wasn't killed. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, there's a whole bunch going on with Ned Leeds. Of- Spider-Man comics are sometimes complicated, and sometimes really stupid. Yeah, uh, which is fun. But no, I'm just trying to think of all the people it could have dropped on. Well, I mean, like, obviously, J. Jonah Jameson. Um, all sorts of guys who are just, like, regular like, gangster villains. Oh, what if uh, what if um, it dropped on um, Mountain Man Marco? Man, he'd just be like a gigantic symbiotic <laughs> rockabilly. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to think, like, oh, it'd be great if it just jointly dropped on all of the Enforcers. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. Montana, I always forget their names. Uh, uh, Montana, but, Ox, and of course the best one, Fancy Dan. Yeah, Fancy Dan would be great. It'd be wearing like a uh, like a goopy zoot suit. Yes. Yeah, so he started, you know, sort of just pranking Spider-Man, uh, you know, doing the web of Spider-Man assaults I described. And then finally he just like broke into his apartment and scared the hell out of Mary Jane. So yeah, Spider-Man uh, tracked him down. He, he borrowed the sonic blaster from the, uh, the Fantastic Four. And found found that he couldn't separate it because they were totally bonded. So instead, Spider Man, or so instead, Venom captured Spider Man and tied him to the inside of these those same church bells. So that when they rung, he would be crushed to death. Which he gets a plus for effort. Yeah. So instead, he uh, he escaped. He wrapped Venom up in enough webbing that he couldn't escape, and uh, yeah, he, like he forced Venom to use as much webbing as he could. Because, but because the the webbing is made out of the symbiote itself, so he was just like totally exhausted. And then he beat him and took him to the Fantastic Four, and the Fantastic Four sent him to the Vault, uh, which was at the time the big supervillain prison, off in Colorado. Yeah, it was before the raft was like super popular. I mean, the, I mean, it's it's less convenient than the raft because you know guys escape the Vault, and then they have to get the, all the way from Colorado to New York. Yeah, like like if Electro like. Caused a uh, caused a breakout in Colorado. It would it would be. I feel like people would be able to trickle in and you know gather them a lot quicker. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, well, although no superheroes in Colorado, as far as I can tell. But I mean, you would have had like. I mean, you still would have had enough time to like you know spread people out to capture people. Though I mean, they have quite a bit of, quite a bit to go. Unless they went to San Francisco. Well, I mean, you at that point you could have the West Coast Avengers, and they could come. They could, I mean, they they could get there in a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah, and then you would just have some of the faster like flyers and and stuff from the East Coast and and whatnot. Hmm. Uh, so yeah. So uh, later, uh, he escaped. He did the uh, the the costume disguise thing, and he disguised himself as a guard. And so, like the rookie guard who just got to the vault. I went in and said, oh, no, hey, there's a guard in here. And it was Venom, and the guy broke his... And, you know, Venom killed the guy. And it was uh, it was that killing that inspired uh, the creation of the jury, uh, frequent Venom uh, foes, who are a bunch of, like, armored guys who fight Venom as, like, vigilantes. I mean, I feel like Venom is a good choice for that. 
I mean, they they first appear in uh, Lethal Protector. Yeah, that's one. That's one. I I haven't really read like uh, my stuff. My uh, knowledge of comics in the nineties is really scant. Mm. It's like, uh, I just mine is not scant enough. That's uh, that's <laughs> kind of my area of expertise. Yeah, although there was a lot of Spider-Man stuff going on in the uh, in the nineties. Well, he had four different ongoing books and a quarterly book. Plus annuals, miniseries, guest appearances. There's a lot of Spider-Man from that era. In fact, there's a there's a gag in the first issue, in the first couple issues of the Spider-Man uh, George uh, Perez uh, Avengers book, where you know they've assembled, they've gathered all living former Avengers, and you know Spider-Man's there, and he's just like, hey, uh, you know, I've got like four things going on right now. I can't really do this right now, but I'll you know I'll catch you on the flip side, guys. Which is kind of a kind of a gag on how he has so many ongoing books. Anyway, so he got out, and uh, this time Spider-Man used uh, psychological warfare upon him. You may have seen panels of the sequence where Spider-Man is kind of in his underpants, uh, confronting Venom on a beach, and he's like trying to seduce the symbiote to come back to him. Oh, <laughs> I do remember that. Those. But the symbiote is too attached to Brock, so they end. Uh, so it ends up like hurting itself. And then he gets hauled back off to the uh, the vault, and that's where this ends. Because at the time, Venom had been the main villain in three comic books. Yeah, but you know, I guess they guessed uh, his very well, their very uh, strong presence in the future. I mean, uh, they were probably already in the plan. I mean, he's also uh, front and center on the cover of this issue. Uh, you will note that Vagabond and Utgard Loki are not. <laughs> yep. Although, hey, uh, Widget and Wizkid are right there, so, you know, that's something. Yeah, that is something. And hey, there's, uh, there's U-Man in the back. Also, oh, uh, the, uh, the covers for this were all, I believe, John Byrne. And uh, as you'll note from this cover, John Byrne draws a real weird Venom. Yeah, it's, like, I, well, I mean, he, he was still kind of, like, you know, forming as a character. I yes. guess we didn't get the definitive look yet. No. I mean, I, I, I he drew him, uh, I'm going to, what was it, about about 10 years after this, uh, when he put him in the Sinister Six, when he was doing Amazing Spider-Man with Howard Mackey, and he still looks weird. I, uh, uh, if pe- people who've listened to the podcast long enough knows that I have a weird, what's the word, uh, relationship with John Byrne. I think almost uh, everybody who reads superhero comics has a weird relationship with John Byrne. Yeah, he's just, you know... He's like one of those that's like, yeah, you did good, but also at the same time, yuck. Why did you do some of this stuff? Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, I mean, this is not a personal judgment. I just think he draws a really weird. Yeah. Also, I do I do enjoy, like, the sheer audacity and um, and just, uh, would rivalry be the right thing he had with Chris Claremont? Yeah, that's just a whole weird love-hate relationship those two had. Yeah. And then there was the whole thing over in DC where he made, you know, Big Big Barda and Superman. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Before, yeah. You know, you know, he just made a whole new uh fourth fourth world character called Sleaze <laughs> for it. It's you know, it's just real yeah. But but yeah, I would say Yeah, so that, uh, uh yeah, height six three, weight two sixty, Venom is a big heckin' chonker. Uh, blue eyes, reddish blonde hair. Sometimes it's red, sometimes it's blonde. That's when you put reddish blonde. Yeah. Likewise, sometimes somebody's hair is brown, sometimes it's red. That's when you put auburn. 
And I... when sometimes their eyes are blue and sometimes they're brown, that's when you put Hazel. Secrets behind the handbooks, everybody. I would like to ask you a question. Uh-huh. Because I think you might have the answer for me. Uh-huh. Um, so, I recently did Typhoid Mary. Right. I could have sworn that she was always a redhead. But they say multiple times that she has brown hair. It's I'm pretty sure it's brown when she's being drawn by like John Romita Jr. It's like kind of reddish brown, but it's more of a brown. Okay. But it's definitely red now. Because like I could have sworn it was just brown, not, not like red, like maybe like like an auburn, maybe. But like I could have sworn it was red like all the time. Well, and for instance, I was just... uh, what color is the Scarlet Witch's hair in the comics? Uh, I thought hers was. I thought hers was like an auburn as well. It is now. You read her for her silver age appearances? It's black. Oh yeah. Maybe is it is it kind of like the whole thing where like well like the the beast was supposed to be like black fur but he turned blue because of the highlighting and stuff? I think it's really just that well she's the Scarlet Witch. She should kind of have reddish hair, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of uh like I feel like just because of how inks worked for a long time, like, there's just a lot of just completely opposite color characters now. Because, like, it happened with the Beast, uh-huh. uh, like, the... Was, like, the Spider-Man costume always supposed to be red and red and black or red and blue? Because I feel like I you hear either side. I don't know if it's ever been established definitively. I think it was originally supposed to be, um... Red and black, because in the first couple of appearances, the you know how he has the spider on the back? Yeah. That's red? Used to be yeah. black, used to be blue. Yeah. So it would be and weird if his costume was like a, a two shades of blue on it. Yeah, because there's also the, um, because there's also, like, because, like, if you compare the uh, black suit Spider-Man coloring, coloration and stuff, uh, when he, uh, and his original, well, his red and blue, quote-unquote, like, when they do all the highlighting and everything, uh, and shading, mm. the, the the blue and black look the same. Yes. Pretty much. But, like, I don't know how we, as a group of comic book readers, decided, yeah, that one's, that one's blue, but that one's black, but they look the same when you color them and shade them and everything. Yeah, I, I think it really was solidified when you, uh, you start getting action figures. Yeah, I like, maybe, maybe now, just because we... We're doing, like, I guess ink technology is a little bit more clear mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, I guess we won't get that as much. Yeah, no, I, I don't think Superman has blue hair anymore. No, no, he definitely doesn't. But, like, it, it's 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 always a little weird uh, when, when like, when you're looking at that stuff. Because, like, I, I, it seems like a lot of colorations of, like, costumes and stuff, like, completely changed from what they were supposed to be. Well, I mean, also just, you know, um, color technology is so much better now. Yeah. Because you, you were very limited in your palette. So, um, and I'd like to ask you this as well, uh, before before we're done. Um, do you... So, because how much do you think fan reaction and fan naming reflects on the comics stuff? Because, uh, like... You'll have to give me an example there. I, I don't know. That's the thing. Um, I had an example and I completely forgot it. So, just okay. now. But, um, but like, what was I going to say? I forgot what it was, but like, because it seems like, it seems like a fan perception and mm-hmm. stuff does, well, in some cases, literally color, uh, things, mm-hmm. um, you know, as in the people who are fans later on draws the characters, what they think they look like when they were younger. Right. Um, but like, 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just going to cut that part out. But like, but like, it's just, it's just kind of interesting. The relationship between perception or maybe even like, or in your, in your case, I have to make this make sense. Yes. Well, I mean, I think, think, I think an important thing to remember, you know, fan reaction definitely can impact a comic's direction, but people have to understand that it can't impact it as fast as they think it does. Yeah, like because it's the, done. Like the all ne- the stuff is done months ahead. Right, the next issue of your favorite comic is probably at the printers by now. Yeah, there's nothing and, that can be done to it. Like in some cases, like the entire run or the entire um, like an entire the entire series. like story arc is yes, done exactly uh, before before you even see the first issue. Um, but but yeah. Oh um. Never mind. I don't know. There's just a lot of fun uh, relationships because, like, with like uh, TV and stuff and comics, you know, stuff with like, um, well, most famously like Firestar or like Harley Quinn and stuff are created for like a cartoon, right? Become like so popular, like they just get brought into the um, comics, yes, and then they become super popular. The com- not Firestar. I'm thinking of Harley Quinn right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, Firestar was always reasonably popular. You know, she she does okay, but she's she she's no Harley uh, Quinn. Where I don't even know where she's at now, <laughs> but but I don't know. There's I uh I don't know who I need to uh, petition for this, but I would like some official Marvel source to just give me a list of mutants on Krakoa, or you know even better, a list of mutants not on Krakoa, so we can just cross that <laughs> off. Because every single time I learn about a new mutant. Or see a new mutant that are like a, a small. I'm just like, are they on Krakoa right now? Like, is is raw is is Puff Adder on Krakoa right now? I don't believe so. I think most uh, most of your non X Men mutant villains are not on Krakoa. Yeah, but like, but like they would have gotten the call and the amnesty though. Presumably, like some of them had to have taken it taken it up. But you know, may I, maybe I just like Robin Banks in a snake costume. But I, I mean, I feel like I I feel like I would take that up though, like. But also at the same time, you would have to get killed by Apocalypse in order to get your mutant name and all that stuff. Yeah, there, there is. You know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just not into that vibe. I'm just gonna hang with my friends. I'm gonna dress up as a snake. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna stay in a bunch of crummy motels. You know, that's uh, that's how she goes. I mean, I I feel like I would want to go to the uh, uh, to the orgy islands mm-hmm. where I get to have everything I want. Also, it's hard to come up with a definitive list because you know we we come up with a list and then you know next. The next week, an issue comes out, and some guy drew lifeguard lifeguard in the background because they really like lifeguard. Yeah. Of course, lifeguard well, has already showed up on Krakoa, but I, it's just I, it's just as as a person who obviously likes minutia in the Marvel universe. Oh my god! That's all I want because, like, because, like, I don't know. I feel like not all of the non non um, X Men mutants would be like, no, I don't want to go on that 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 paradise island where where i get to be immune from human law and also have everything i want at mandatory orgies like i feels like that would be way better but you know it's whatever but i want i want to petition someone and maybe make one of your one of your co-workers uh just like have a real bad time for about a month <laughs> well, I, trust me that was us uh doing the last doing the doing the ten of swords handbook where we had to determine who had been an X Men in the past, who had been one of the X Men in the past. Oh my! Oh my! Ooh! Oh my! I don't even want to think about that. It was real hard. <laughs> like the Avengers, there's a there's a card 
you get a card if you're in the Avengers. They have, like, provisional members. They have honorary members. The X-Men will just take anybody who wanders in off the street and pluck an X on their costume. And it's very <laughs> hard to say who and, uh, is and who is not. And multiple, and I'm pretty sure multiple times, like, there has been unofficial teams of the X-Men. A 100%. Like, the- and, and on and on top of that, like, there's, like, future and present stuff, and sometimes those stuff come together. That's right, and, like, you got X-Force, <laughs> which is sometimes run by the X-Men, sometimes not run by the X-Men. You've got X-Factor, you've got the X-Terminators, you've got the Extreme X-Men. X-Corps. X-Core. Uh, yeah, I don't it's even want to be hard. the- I would not want to be the X-Men person on your team. No, well, we, we, we put that guy in charge, too. That's, uh, that, is, that is Mike O'Sullivan, who is a, a fantastic guy. But also, um, I, I fear that the X-Men will drive him to madness. Because, uh, like, as a person who respects continuity and uh, minutia and stuff, I just don't even, I don't even think about it when it comes to the X-Men. Well, the cra- I just don't even think about it. The crazy thing behind uh, Mike O'Sullivan's X-Men fandom, big X-Men fan, he's our X-Men guy, doesn't like uh, alternate future reality storylines. Oh, mm, okay. Big X-Men fan. How, though? Exactly. It's, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, but you know what I, I really hate? Like, guys in animal costumes, Robbie Banks. That, that'd be that'd be like you being like, hey, I really like I really like Spider Man. I really hate all those alternate versions of him. And that wasn't like, really I, a big thing until fairly recently, though. Uh, I mean, there was a little bit of that. Well, I was talking more about like all the other Spider people, like in the six one six alone. That's true. Although even that wasn't a huge thing until fairly recently. Mm, wait, how many? What? Yeah, I guess so. When, when did okay? Sorry, this is the last question I have. Okay. Just because, but when did Spider Woman become more involved with Spider Man? Because they seem to be not even tied together, except for the spider powers. It's most of the time. really only quite recently with the even with the uh, the Spider Verse thing. That's really the first time that she's been like tied into Spider Man. I guess so. Yeah, because I think her whole uh, original. Uh, 70s, 80s uh, series. I actually met Spider-Man once. And, you know, they, they, you know, they were in the Avengers together for a little while. But in general, um, yeah, they have, they've not been strongly associated with each other until um, Spider-Verse, really, when she was drawn into the Spider-Books. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, there's just so much going on. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, love, I love Marvel, but also, like, I'm glad that not even not even like the research team has like the person that knows everything because like it's impossible for me to like think about certain um wings of marvel continuity without a lot of help like i think i have basic basic grasp on like a good chunk of stuff yeah i mean i've been doing i've been using marvel unlimited to um really bone up on my x-men lately but it's it's something that's a bit of a blind spot for me. Yeah, I um I have been uh I've been using it to actually like read like Moon Knight. I'm thinking about like actually reading like all like the Midnight Suns stuff mm-hmm. because I heard and uh, get and please tell me because you've probably read a lot more of it than me. But like I heard that that's actually some pretty decent '90s comics. I think a lot the I think the early stuff generally pretty decent. 
Yeah, because like I know they're going to be doing a lot, a lot more stuff with the Dark Cold stuff. Oh yeah, it looks like um, and the comics and and just like general Marvel media. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be well. There's going to be that Midnight Suns game as well. Oh, which, that's right. I forgot about that. Which I mean, they're definitely taking a a uh, what word am I trying to say? They're definitely taking a route with that. Uh, which I don't know if I want to do a, like a a deck building card game thing, but but uh, but yeah, there's but yeah, I'm I'm uh, but yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, boning up a lot on the '80s and stuff. Um, that I just finished reading uh, the Doug Munch 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 uh, I think Doug Munch. Yeah, I just got done reading uh, his run of uh moon Knight, oh, and stuff. i like it a lot it's real good real good but besides that yeah we're we're done i guess unless you have anything else you want to say no, no i'll just do my plugs i guess i'm uh i'm on the transformers podcast stasis pod uh we are just finishing up going episode by episode through transformers rescue bots and in the new year we're moving on to uh 2015's transformers robots in disguise I'm also on the official marvel research team uh right into marvel if you want more marvel handbooks yeah, um, I am, I am, uh, not gonna do my plugs. I just, I'm deciding that right now. I'm not gonna do my plugs. Uh, so, so yeah. So I guess bye. I don't know. <laughs> this is, this has been Alphabet Flight and may contradict you through all of your night travels. Good night. Good night. Oh.